This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Another week, another episode. Um, This week, I'm talking about coyote hunting the sand hills of Nebraska. Um, Something that I was able to do with my good buddy Garrett. We met his buddy Shane out there from Colorado and... uh, couple Illinois boys out there trying to kill some uh, coyotes in the sand hills and we had a lot of fun I'm gonna go over kind of how we got the land um, about that kind of how the setups were what we do different um, pretty cool episode it is coyote hunting season for most of us around here that are deer hunters deer season it's wrapped up so um, but before we get into that let's get into the people that make this possible and that is Exodus Outdoor Gear. As you guys know, um, last year they gave me a code. This year they gave me a code as well. So now there will be no ad revenue coming from partners. Um, the only revenue that the podcast gets is with the use of the code. Um, it's getting harder and harder for podcasts to um, make as little the little bit of money that we did um, by doing this. Um, it's getting harder and harder to make money doing this um the at the podcast in itself doesn't have value anymore uh, the value comes from selling product um, which is just straight up how it is um, i am going to release an episode um, probably next week about the hunting industry how it's changed over the last six years and just some insight to someone that's thinking about getting into it what what they could think about what if it's the right choice so on and so forth um still love the exodus brand gonna be running all year uh, but i won't be running per se ads i'll just be talking about what i'm doing with the cameras like i normally do um and then like i said everything associated with them and me and the podcast making revenue will come through this code and that is code wl um so if you guys want to support the podcast like listen to it like the content every week and this is the best way to do it if you are buying cameras from them i'm not asking you to buy cameras from them if you are buying cameras from them use my code that would help out a bunch and it's just code wl capital W, capital L. Um, at checkout, that'll save you 10% off everything on their website. Now, that is one of the best ways to show love for this show. Next, Rec Broadheads. Um, as Like I said, Rec's going to come out big this year. Um, for me, they're going to 
get let you guys get custom engraved WLP on your heads if you want to, or you can just purchase regular heads. Um, if you use my code, which I haven't got the code, just got the message today, should get it in a couple days. Um, but it's going to be 17% off a pack of broadheads for you guys. Um, so the cost will be a little bit different, you know, because some of them, you know, the fixed play is a little less than the big mechanicals and so on and so forth. Um, but that'll give you 17% off. So it'll be 10 plus dollars off um, per pack of broadheads. And broadheads are getting really expensive. So that is another way to show love. If you want to shoot rack broadheads, use my code. That's going to help me out a bunch. Um, next but not least is the call out of the week. Um, I'm going to be out of town um, this week um, on some uh, <clears throat> work duties in Kansas City. Uh, but it's Valentine's Day week, guys. You know, you're probably listening to this Wednesday. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Um, even if you you don't get your wife something, maybe you can't afford it, maybe you can, just let her know she's loved. Let her know your mom, you know, your mom's loved, your mother-in-law's loved. Um, I even go as far as some of my nieces um, uh, just because, you know, <clears throat> every girl deserves to get flowers on Valentine's Day is what I always say. But my wife doesn't like flowers, so she gets something different. Um, so this year she got a towel warmer. That's what she wanted. Weirdest thing ever. I know it's a bunch of guys on here thinking, what the hell, but... Women love warm towels and they get out of the shower, I guess. So <clears throat> I got an expensive towel warmer hanging on my bathroom wall now. So, but anyways, that's the call out of the week, guys. Um, do something special for your wife, um, your mother-in-law, your mother, whatever it is. The woman in your life, do something special for her this week. I mean, it is Valentine's Day. And let them know you're thinking about them at least. Um, and like always, if you guys have any supplement, fitness, um, life, whatever you got going on, um, I had a lot of messages last week about supplements. Um, people wanting to know about the pre-workout, wanting to know about the protein, what they should take, um, and having really good conversations with them. And a lot of people were about to purchase stuff, and I told them not. And then I asked them what they wanted to do, and I told them not to purchase that because that's not going to help them, you know, achieve their goals. They're going to use my code, um, and it would have been great. But you know, a guy was wanting to lose weight, strictly lose weight, and he was asking about creatine. And I told him, I said, "Well, that's actually." It's going to help you maintain muscle mass, but it's actually going to have you gain a little weight. Um, and that's not what he wanted. He thought it helped you lose weight. Um, so after talking with him, he decided that wasn't the right choice. And I said, hey, man, you know, I'm glad you messaged me because I was the same spot that you are, and I didn't know. So if you guys have any questions, messages, want to know about a product a little bit more, reach out, and uh, and I can hook you up. Um, and through Dark Night Outdoors, um, with the thermals that we ran out there, um, you can co uh, use code WL23 on an optic, um, and that's going to save you money there. 50 bucks off any thermal optic. And WL25, that'll save you 25% off any, $25 off any accessory. So like a battery pack, extra battery, um, et cetera. Um, so if you guys are looking to get in the thermal game, um, reach out. I can send you these codes directly. Talk about Dark Knight with you. I'm going to have them on an episode here very soon. Um, chat with them, and uh, they they sell a ton of different thermals. Their products are really solid, and this is another way I can and save some money for you guys. So let's get into the show. All right, well, um, so Garrett messaged me and said, "Hey, dude, um, I got a I uh, I got a surprise for you for your birthday." I was like, "What's that?" And he's like, "We're going to Nebraska to the Sand Hills, and we're gonna go coyote hunting." Um, I was like, "Whoa, really?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I already got it booked. I already got it paid for. We're rolling." So huge shout out to Garrett. Um, he paid for 90% of this trip, um, which was unexpected. I put gas in a couple of times, but he would literally not let me pay for anything. But that's just the kind of guy that he is. 
um, super great dude, great friend, really, really, um, uh, just a giving dude, you know? Um, but we, we spent a lot of time in the truck together talking, hanging out. That was cool. Um, it was nine hours out there, 10 for me, nine for him, and then nine, nine hours back. Um, so we went out Friday morning. Um, I left my house at three thirty AM. <clears throat> we rolled out there and, uh, the way we got the ground was through land trust. Um, and that's something that I mentioned on this episode. I'm going to have the owner on, um, Nick, um, to talk about it. I wanted to kind of try it out first and forehand, um, before I had a ball to talk about it. Cause he, I know that he wants to run ads on the show, kind of like same thing, get a code, get money off a trip. And I just want to see what it was like before I represented, or, you know, put it out there for you guys. I like to use the stuff that I talk about before I just, send it out the door. So this was our chance to be able to use that. Um, and, uh, through Nate land trust, we were able to lease a 6,800 acre piece and a 6,000 acre piece, I think, which we had too much ground, but the, the cost was pretty minimal to be honest with you. Um, uh, it was the leasing ground fees were under $500 for both pieces for the weekend. If that says something. So, pretty reasonable prices to go out to Nebraska and have access to all this ground. Um, the one piece was right off the uh, main road, kind of an east and west piece, very, very hilly. Um, and, uh, something that we weren't used to, like they call it sand hills, you know, it's literally sand hills out there and there's some big ones there. you know, they're not just like little, little, you know, rolls. There's some, some pretty good crests, you know, hundred, 150 foot. And, uh, we were climbing to the top of those and calling. Um, but, uh, we got to meet the o- owner, Oren, of One Piece. Really, really good dude. He kind of gave us some insight of, uh, like, the na- one of these neighbors were calving over here, so there's probably dogs over there. Don't hunt this little piece because the neighbor might get upset and some other stuff. So that was cool to talk to him um, and, and build that relationship with him as well. Um, the piece on the north, we talked to them as well um, just through text message. That piece is a little different. It was the same kind of property, but it kind of had more of a cattle pasture, um, flat um, circle pits um, in it. Um, and uh, we were able to hunt a lot more flats in that, uh, kind of drive through the center of it and hunt it. And uh, it was kind of shaped up a little bit different. But then towards the north, it was very, very sand hilly, big ridges, um, no roads access. The other one had quite a few two tracks to get get on. And we were able to drive around a little bit, but a lot of walking um, in the dark out there, uh, trying to to uh, figure it out. And that was something that we would change um, that I'll get into later on. Um, you know, with the all with all hunting, you go out on a trip and then you decide, man, it'd be better if we did this, this, and this. So um, this is a very, very reasonable hunt for someone to do, um, especially if you want to do something fun out of state. You can daytime call these if you don't have the equipment to thermal hunt. Um, there is a ton of coyotes, and uh, it's just a really cool option to do for people. Um, I believe the out-of-state license and tag um, total was like, it was under 150 bucks for the out-of-state um, hunting permit and the habitat stamp to be able to hunt coyotes. Um, so that wasn't terrible at all. I mean, gas wasn't terrible. Um, we got a sweet Airbnb out there garrett paid for that as well um the only thing i paid for was a couple meals a little bit of gas and uh the tags garrett went all out for me for my birthday there so like i said another huge shout out to him um but after using land trust i really like it um it's something cool um they do offer like whitetail hunts um mule deer hunts elk hunts 
in all different states. Um, and that's something that we might kind of be interested in later on down the road after we've used it once um, and uh, seeing kind of how it works. It's a pretty cool system. The landowner gets paid. They get to pick when the people come. They get to pick people. They don't pick if they don't want people on certain dates. Um, but when the book's open, it's open. And then you can kind of see how many people have hunted it and booked it in the past as well to know how much pressure was on it. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, but we figured we'd go out and try it with this before we book like a mule deer hunt or something like that um, just to kind of get an idea. But getting access to land, um, you know, you can drive out there and door knock, which is great. And uh, if we would have stayed longer, we probably would have done some of that. Um, but when you're driving out there and you already have a 6,000 acre piece just to start, you know, like if there wasn't coyotes on it, of course, we would have done some door knock and making some moves and trying to get more. But if you're out there and, you know, it, you're mule deer hunting, at least you're driving to Nebraska with some ground that you can walk around on scout and see if you can get into some, some deer. And like I said, the cost is pretty reasonable um, just to have that land locked down. You know, no one else is going to be out there. You're going to have insider information from the landowner. Um, talk to them. He said, hey, I'm going to be able to – I see some deer over here. I've been seeing deer over here because these are cattle ranch farmers out there, which is, you know, a huge insight. You know, we've shot deer over here in the past, so that gives you a lot of intel other than just kind of driving out there and, and winging it. Um, so it's worth the value and, and the knowledge as well. <clears throat> but we got out there. We left Friday at uh, 3.30 in the morning. We got out there. We got into our Airbnb. Sweet Airbnb straight out of the 70s. Um, had a kind of like a multi-level deal going on. Carpet in the bathrooms. Pink, pink carpet. Pink bright tub. Teal carpet upstairs. Um, the bottom had like a football wallpaper that said touchdown and field goal and a whole bunch of different stuff. And, uh, like a, like if you can imagine, like they had a, they had like a, one of the 14 inch TVs, like back in the day that we had with the VCR underneath of it, you know, and they had some VCR tapes there. If you wanted to watch, um, a VCR tape down in the basement, which I thought was cool. They had this little drop down area by a little, uh, gas fireplace as well. Um, had a nice bathroom downstairs, but it was a four a four bedroom or no, it's yeah four bedroom, but it slept like man, it slept a ton because there's like little side beds in the room. I bet you could, I bet you fifteen people could have slept in that house easy. Um, and it was pretty reasonable, which was very cool. Um, it's one of those places like if I was driving out west with my family, like I could see my me, myself stopping there, um, for the night or for you know taking a day break from driving and hanging out. Um, really cool area, like the view of the house had a little river going by it and the sand hills in the background and, um, just a really cool spot, kind of out secluded, um, super, super clean. So that's always nice. Beds weren't too bad. Um, obviously not your own bed, but we didn't do much sleeping. So that gets into the hunting. So we went out there, um, we got there, we got, got to the Airbnb, we went and, uh, <clears throat> went and ate, uh, no, actually we went and scouted the ground kind of got an idea of because it was close to the bear the one ranch was close to the airbnb kind of got a good idea of where we wanted to go um kind of setting up just to see it in daylight like one time you know and uh we uh went up there drove down the road kind of drove around marked some gate holes we we could get into the north and the south figured out what the wind was going to do and made a plan and then we went back and ate at this uh diner and i had a prime rib um sandwich probably top 10 sandwiches i've ever had um really it like at a restaurant like a little diner kind of restaurant it was killer it was awesome um 
the staff was really great, and one of the waitresses was actually the daughter of the other piece of ground that we leased. Um, so we talked to her a little bit, and we said, yeah, we lease this piece up north. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's my mom and dad. You know, and uh, we, we told the old landowner, said, we met, met your daughter. And, and they were like, well, hopefully she didn't keep you out too late last night at the bar. I'm like, oh, God, we, were, we were up late, but not at the bar for sure. So we started hunting about 30 minutes for dark, got our first set um, set up, waited till dark, and, uh, and hit the call. And uh, we, we figured out really quick how many coyotes are out there. Um, so this first set... Uh, we called him five coyotes. Um, and the difference between at home and, and out there, the coyotes come from a very, very long ways away. Um, we were hearing them like you couldn't even see them in the scopes or the scanners, like past a thousand yards. Um, but you could hear them howling and then they would come. So the first set we set up and, uh, you know, we're kind of just getting into the guns, just getting warmed up. And if you know you're, like when you first get into your thermal, your eyes kind of have to adjust at night, and uh, you're you're getting in there, and we're scanning, we're scanning, and they howl back, and we're kind of waiting and waiting, <clears throat> and then we finally see a couple, and they come in from behind us, of course. So Garrett shoots, he misses, and then Shane shoots, he misses, and then uh, I'm sitting there scanning, and then uh, I'm to the on on the dogs that they miss, and then Shane goes right here, right here. And I'm on 4x power, which I don't know if you know if you've been in a thermoscope a little bit, you kind of know what I'm saying. And I pull off, and when I scanned, that dog was at like 30 yards looking at us, and he just crested up over this ridge. And like I said, if you would have been able to scout and kind of know how the ground worked, you should have been 30 more yards up and been over that ridge, so you could have seen that dog coming from a long ways away. Um, but that coyote just popped right up over the edge and was standing where I could just see his ears and the top of his head. You know, and like his nose, and he was looking right at me. And on 4x, <clears throat> that it's just a heat globe at that point. You, it's the the focus is off when it's that close. Um, so I didn't have time to bump to 1x and and get on the coyote. So I shot center of the heat, and I went right over the top of him. Um, so we all missed on that first set, which was um, which was funny and discouraging as well. But we we were like, okay, there's quite a few coyotes here. Um, Went to the second set, got into one coyote to the south of us, and just kind of, kind of slow working around. Stayed out about three fifty four hundred, and never really committed. Um, we tried to work him for a while. Um, he would come back and he would circle, and then he'd come back. He wanted to come, but he was real, real cautious. Um, so we pulled off them. Went to the third set, and uh, that was that was a good set. Um, we sat down and. Uh, we heard these coyotes howl from so far away. Um, and like I said, that's one thing about out there is they, they, when they, when they come into the call, it's like extreme distances compared to what they do back here. And we were waiting like 30, 40 minutes on these coyotes. Cause we could see them like coming. They were slowly coming, slowly working in. Um, but that third set <clears throat> we'd set up, swung through and, uh, we had we had three three coyotes come in, um, and they came in from so far, guys. It was it was crazy. There was a water bottle in front of us, and uh, they had to like run around that that pond lake, you know. So and it was kind of a cut up marshy area, so we could see him coming way out, and the one was way ahead of all the rest, and he kind of went around the edge and come through and weaseled through that water and got up. And uh, one that one kind of went through some of the water and then cut around an edge 
I mean, kind of caught up with the first one. Um, so those two were kind of in line, and then there was a third one going back, and then there was two more that hung up on the very first pond way out there and were just sitting there. So um, the, these coyotes are coming in, and they're working left to right now. They're in shooting range, and we're just kind of letting them get a little closer, a little closer. And they that's the thing about not knowing what the ground exactly looks like because you're out there at night. Um, one gets behind a berm, one stops. So Shane's like, I'm going to take him. He dumps him. Um, that other one runs off, and I'm following it. And we're trying to get it stopped, barking at it, barking at it, nothing. Um, and it kind of takes off. Those two were together with that third one that was running behind. Um, Shane goes right here on the left, and I swung about a 70-yard shot and was able to drop that dog before it took off. Um, but, uh, the like I said, another set, another big group of coyotes come in, and uh, we were able to kill two in that set. So that was, that was really cool. Um, but the main thing is, like, We've done three sets now on this property. We've seen coyotes every single set. And if you know coyote hunting, that's pretty dang rare. So we're either thinking, like, this place is loaded with coyotes or it's um, we're getting really, really lucky, you know. But it was very, very dark that night. Um, no moon and no wind as well. So we had really, really good – and it was cold, you know. So we had really, really good – um, conditions to coyote hunt as well, which helped out a bunch. So when uh, when we were going, you know, we did another set and another set and killed a couple of dogs, and um, we got kind of towards the end of the night, and we ended up having four dogs in the back of the truck, and it's 3.30, um, and we're kind of dragging, and, man, we still got so much, um, so much ground we can cover, you know. Um, and we'd already leased that other piece as well because on the way out here, we were like, well, we don't really know what it looks like or how many cows are going to be or what. Um, but we shot four and probably seen 15, um, you know, uh, but no one, no more misses that night, but just like dogs that would come in, they'd hang up. We'd shoot one in a pack of like four, you know, and the other three would take off and, um, but really, really overall, really, really good hunting. Um, and we didn't even really touch. Oh, Garrett shot one directly downwind at like 40 yards 30 seconds after the call kicked on one set um and uh just just hammered one there and we walked a long ways in for that set and that was another thing like you think time doesn't you got plenty of time you got all night you know it's gonna take you know but then you're 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 getting set up you're putting your gun together you know loading it turning everything on then you're hiking to where you want to hike then you're doing a call set and like i said most times at home, 15, 20 minutes, we're kind of wrapping it up, ready to go. We were sitting like 35, 40 minutes on some of these sets because there was coyotes out there that we were watching get closer. Um, and that's just something I was like, man, do we mess up at home thinking that, that there's nothing coming, we just need to pack it up when they're actually working through the timber and, and coming. Um, but we, uh, it took a lot of time. You know, you do, you do 8, 10 sets, you're talking, even if your shortest one's 25 minutes, you know, you're talking hours and hours plus walking around, driving and driving to the place to set up. Um, so we got into the truck about 3.30, and we were all pretty tired because if you remember, we had left at 3.30 in the morning that morning and hadn't slept yet. So we'd been up for 24 hours at this time, um, been drinking energy drinks, and had a thing of smelling salts with us we were hitting, <laughs> which pretty interesting if you've never done it. It was pretty funny. Um, but we uh, we decided to pack it home. We did have about a 35-minute drive back to the, the – uh, 
Airbnb. I took a shower, went to bed about 5 a.m., um, and then got up at 9 and had some breakfast, and uh, we went to a little uh, coffee shop there and had a sandwich and then went back, got about another hour of sleep. So I might have got four or five hours of sleep at this point. Um, woke up and took a shower because I was still tired, and then we left to go up north to this other um, ranch that we leased that was much further away than um, than the first one. It was about an hour drive. Um, so we went up there, kind of scouted around, did the same thing. We put a little bit more work daylight scouting this piece. That's why we slept left and wanted to, to get out there and really check it out. And uh, we had a really good game plan, we thought. But uh, it when we actually were out there afterwards, we realized that it was probably the wrong move. Um, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and uh, we'll, we'll know next time. But uh, this, like I said, this one was more of a – had a big road right in the center of it that was kind of their cattle – road um that we were allowed to travel um it had snowed that night so there's about an inch of snow on the ground pretty cold 18 degrees i think um slight wind so it was a colder night um but we were able to see a little bit better um but man we there's some big big sand hills on this on this ranch so we uh we kind of went out there and uh like i said we really really game planned for that second day scouting wise on that farm and Seen, seen some mule deer and seen some coy- or some turkeys and uh, a bunch of coyote tracks in the snow, which we're, was a good thing. We had already kind of thought that it was going to be good just because how good the other place was. Quite a few coyotes dead on the road as well, so we're thinking, okay, there's quite a few coyotes out here if they're getting, you know, the chances of them getting hit by a car. Um, but we went up and had lunch at a restaurant um, and uh, all the way up close to the, the border of the state um, and uh, – then ate there and then kind of come back and hung out, scouted a little bit more, did, did a couple more loops down the main road part. And, uh, we had like so many call setups lined up. Um, and in your mind, you're like, Oh man, we can knock that out. Won't be a big deal. But by the time you, like I said, you drive somewhere, everybody gets out of the truck, put your gun, you know, you get your gun out, out of the case, you load it, you put it on the, the tripod, you know, you, you know, put your, you, uh, I'm <clears throat> sorry, put your, your catcher on, your air ammo catcher on for when you eject a shell or a brass, brass catcher. And, uh, you turn your thermal on, you get your scanner on and you go walk and set up where you're going to hunt. Um, and it takes a while. Like every, every one is really knocking off the time. Um, uh, but that second night, the first setup was just absolutely money. Um, we had kind of set up pretty f- close off this road. Um, and, uh, we called in nine coyotes that set. Um, five of them didn't commit, and uh, two of them committed all the way, and two of them hung up um, too far out. But we ended up killing two that first set. Shane dropped both of those, um, and the other five were just up on the hill chilling. And those other two, they wanted to commit, but they had just heard, you know, and seen, you know, seen two other dogs get, you know, shot. So they were kind of hanging up about 350 yards and not wanting to come in. Um, and, uh, we were like, okay, this might, this ranch might even be better than the first one just cause there's so many coyotes here, you know? And, um, uh, we went through and, uh, decided how we we're going to hunt it. And we're like, man, we'd really like to get into this flat where we can see a long ways and out of these hills kind of hunting more like we are at home. Um, what we're comfortable with, you kind of drive and then you get out and you hunt, you know, a, a big bottom where you can see a long ways, kind of like you do here. Um, so we said we did one call on the road, um, another call off the the main road there, and uh, 
didn't call it anything. Um, a lot, a lot of cows in that area, and I don't know what those cows love distress calls for some reason. They were just running in to the distress calls, which was 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 funny. You know, they wanted to check out what was going on. Um, and it's night, so I'm assuming they can't, couldn't see very well as well. So we decided to drive into the main part of the ranch that that time, and there was so many sets that we could have done along that road that we planned on doing that we never did. So once we got in there, we started doing some sets, and then we set up on top of this this ridge. And if you want to talk about the best-looking coyote spot you've ever seen, um, that's what this looked like. Um, we sat there, and we ended up calling in five coyotes, but they just would not commit. We waited them, waited, waited, and we were probably 350 yards from a truck. We climbed a big hill, crossed a couple fences. I mean, it was a pretty extensive time to get there, um, and we Garrett ended up taking a shot at it like 395 and didn't hit it. Um, but might have hit it, but we couldn't. We went and looked for the coyote, but we never could find it. Um, but we, there was four, and there was three after he shot, so could hit it but never could find the, the coyote but <clears throat> super long shot especially with thermals um it's a completely different game but those coyotes would roll in like 100 and then they would hang up for four or five minutes and then go in like 100 and then they would like running in circles all fired up um and we stayed out in the cold for a while that time and you know our feet got cold and kind of slowing up there and then went down the road did another set and uh didn't didn't uh, have anything come in that time. Went down the road, did another set, and uh, I was shooting an AR, um, Garrett's AR, and uh, we'd got out of the truck. We'd seen a coyote, you know, um, and we got out of the truck pretty quick, and I never had jacked a shell on my gun just to be safe. It's nighttime. Um, Garrett kind of went out scanning for it, and I didn't know exactly where Garrett was, <clears throat> so I didn't want to jack a shell. Well, now we're walking to the second, to the next set, and my my dumbass didn't check the gun, see if it's loaded. Um, so they're barking at a coyote, and I look over there and I see him like hop up on this like old structure or whatever, and he's walking down it and he's coming right at me. So I uh, he comes out in the field. He's about 150. It's perfect, perfectly broadside. I'm like, oh, here we go, and uh, click. I'm like, damn, you know, I didn't load the gun. So now I take throw the you know throw the hammer back on the gun, and uh, with this AR you cannot be gentle with it. You have to be like pretty. You gotta just let it go all the way back for it to load. And uh, I didn't do that because that coyote was out there. I was trying to be a little bit quiet, so I like you know three quarters and then let it go. Got back on it, click, and uh, <laughs> and then Shane ended up shooting it and dropping it, um, which had my back. But yeah, I I double double. Um, not seated the bullet deep enough in that gun um, with, you know, with the action. The first time it wasn't loaded, and the second time I didn't seat it deep enough for the for it to hit the primer um, to, to let it go. But that was a mess up on me. Um, then after that, we kind of we keep we kept going, did a couple more call sets, and then we climbed this monster hill. Um, it was the biggest one we climbed, um, and it was late at night. And uh, went up there, and the wind was blowing hard. Um, it did end up having a coyote bark at us, which we think maybe he's seen us setting up or something. And then we hit the call, and he started barking at us. Um, but wasn't exactly sure. Got back to the truck, and uh, some of the guys were ready to be done hunting for the for the night, which it was still pretty early. Um, but we did have to drive back the next day. Um, so they said, "Hey, 
I'm good with keeping going, but I'm also really good with going back to the house if you want to. I think it was about one at this point. We did have an hour drive back south too as well, and we planned on waking up early and leaving. Um, so we got back to the house um, about two, and uh, I took another shower, went to sleep, woke up, um, at si- and we were out by six. Drove the 10 hours back here. We made it home perfect time for my uh, family Super Bowl party. Got to watch the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. And uh, my house was absolutely ecstatic after that. Kids going crazy. Uh, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, their kids going crazy. Me going crazy. Um, we all we all love seeing it. Um, and uh, very cool ending to the weekend. And then back to work on Monday, you know, right away. So a very, very light sleeping, long traveling, a lot of hours hunting Um really really fun time end up killing seven coyotes um but probably seen 40 um plus um like i said a lot of situations where they're too far to shoot um we wanted to get them closer some spots sometimes we should we should have shot and we didn't um and you know trying to the front dog would be in shooting range and there'd be two behind it and we're trying to double up so we'd let them get a little closer and they would never commit and then the first one would get spooked and run off so um you know, a lot of a lot of miscalculations there. My mess up on the gun that didn't result in a dog um, losing a dog. My miss though did. Everybody had a miss, um, so that uh that affected a couple a couple kills for sure. But all in all, it was an incredible incredible trip. Um, some things that we would do different if we went back. Um, one, we would go a day early and scout. Um, that would really make it very very convenient to not be out there at night looking at a map trying to decide if you could drive through that ranch in the daylight on those those two tracks and say mark a pin here mark a pin here mark a pin here and these are the best looking sets for us to hunt so we're not wasting time on mediocre sets when there's really really good ones out there because you have so much ground um go out there and you know even if it's you go out there that day you get there midday, you scout that evening, and then you go to sleep and you wake up. Well, you go, I mean, you don't go to sleep. You just get there early enough. So you leave it like the night before, sleep a little bit, wake up midday, scout all day, and then hunt that night. Or go the day before, scout, then get a good night's sleep, and then, you know, go the next day. Um, but that's one way that we should have done it. You know, maybe drive at night out there, Thursday night, um, and then sleep Friday morning then wake up, scout, and then hunt Friday night instead of driving out there Friday morning uh, just to get a few more hours of scouting in to really understand the property and where we could set up. Um, that would be the biggest takeaway. And then, like, that second ranch was great. Um, it was a little harder to hunt when we were driving down that main road, which I don't think – I think we were driving down there with the lights and a lot of coyotes were seeing us drive in and then setting up and then not coming in. Um when we were on the out on the sand hills, we were able to kind of pop up over those hills, hidden, and then and, and get in on them. Well, they could see just as far as us, you know, thousands of yards in those flats, and uh, they were able to to pick us out and not come in. So probably would have stayed off those flats and more in the hills. There seemed to be more coyotes in the hills as well, um, and that would have definitely helped. And then uh, that second night. You know, if you didn't want to get back so early for the Super Bowl party and you could have hunted a little later, that definitely would have helped as well. But we were pretty shot at that point. It was cold, and we had been, you know, we'd already been hunting for seven, eight hours at that time. And uh, it just it was that second day of no sleep after a 24, 25-hour day up. So 
very interesting, but like all hunting, scouting would have been something that would have been very beneficial to do. But if this is something that you guys are thinking about doing, I, I, I say go for it, especially if you have thermal equipment um, or if you don't and you like coyote hunting, just the amount of mince ground that you can go on um, out there for a very reasonable price is so cool. It's it's really, really cool, Like especially if you lived in Nebraska or like Iowa or somewhere like close closer than 10 hours you know like you could fly out there on a weekend and hunt and then come back um really really cool there was some cheap hotels there as well but um pretty cool thing land trust is doing gonna have him on talk about some other hunts that they have and some other things that you can do with them um and then like i said i'll get a link uh, a code for you guys like i try to do to uh to save you guys some money um for them coming on the show getting the exposure and uh that give you know another option for me down the road to use my own code to save a little money as well so um i would say land trust is a go um this trip for like a couple bros buddies that wanted to get away for a weekend awesome trip um and you get just to explore new ground see new things beautiful place and you like i said you could hunt all day out there if you don't have the thermal equipment and i'm sure we've seen some coyotes in the day driving around so i'm sure you could kill some coyotes in a day as well out there and there is a lot of coyotes. So to wrap this up, man, um, huge shout out to Garrett again for for putting this on for me and doing this. Um, it was an awesome trip, one that I won't forget ever in my life, and one of the four I'll be looking forward to doing again down the road sometime. And like I said, we got a little better game plan. Um, but if you're thinking about doing that, maybe take some of that advice, do a little scouting the day before, go out a day early if you plan on hunting at night, or uh, scout that day and, and do some good sets because when you have that much ground – um, it's hard to cover it all. So, like always, always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and White Tail Legacy is out.